Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, yes, this is Sue Rose Minahan, and thank you for joining us, Talk Cosmos, where we have insightful conversations, awakening your authentic and your conscious self. Today is March 12th, 2023, and our panel, Archetypal Symbols, meets again to always introduce the new moon occurring. And you might have noticed that we had a couple of slides, and that's so intriguing because life is really in a dynamic of the past and the present going to now time ahead in every phase, in every angle. In fact, we're going to have two shows, as it turns out, concerning the not just the new moon, but the equinox, because they are just a day apart. And the new moon is going to be on the 21st of March, a few weeks ahead, get your preparation in store with your stories in mind as we will now talk about spring equinox motivation because every new moon offers a wonderful opportunity for a vision, your personal vision. What seed are you taking from the past to go forward? And this monumental moment always at the Aries point, which begins the astrological calendar, which is a new seed just from that very fact of a new moon. But here it is, the new moon at zero degrees Aries, right happening right after the equinox. So next week will be vibrational astrology about the whole season of the equinox. And today we're going to do the new moon itself. So we are now ready for archetypal symbols synthesizing the current archetypal new moon energies through weaving symbol systems such as sabian symbols numerology mayan novel energy days or even tarot connecting to the astrological data and concepts for planets and cosmos this is your archetypal symbols panel i'm sue rose minahan the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette. A professional astrologer, intuitive, numerologist, and tarot reader. I am a certified sacred healing counselor, providing nurturing in-depth consultations for individuals and couples. I am an author, blogger, speaker, and international Reiki master and teacher. I create safe space in which to explore the deeper patterns of your life, to clarify your current circumstances, and help you find your best path forward. And I'm Justin Crockett-Helsey, an archetypal astrologer, teacher, and author. I combine both Western ancient astrology and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology. 
and I specialize in predictive electional and karmic astrology for individuals and couples. I'm a certified aromatherapist and essential oil specialist and an herbalist, and I offer remedial modalities of plants for psychological life issues to empower clients with compassionate healing. I also do in-depth astrological research into arcane astrological concepts, focusing on the mystical, occult side of astrology. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and And today today is a gift. And And that's that's why it's called the present. And I'm always so glad to have the present moment with both of you. This is super. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was a lot of, I felt like I was in the ocean getting here, but now I'm on shore. We're piling ahead. Yeah. So Happy really, spring. Happy thank spring. You. Exactly. <laughs> Time to reboot, go forward, get our activating dreams. And the planets are in, igniting it, but we're still looking ahead, aren't we? So Absolutely. Yeah, here, I think I'll present, let's get started right there. Here we are, it's going to be zero degrees, 49, it's still within that first degree of Aries, the day after the equinox, and that's when the light is the equal, you know, between day and night, technically somewhere at that moment to past and present. And here we are, this is our panelists, we have Elizabeth Mouchette at Light Path and Justin Crockett Elsie at his justincrockettelsie.com and myself go to talkcosmos.com every week we have the next one ahead or the YouTube channel and if you want to get on the mailing list we are always eager and you can do that too and catch us so here we have right off the bat the Emperor Aries number four Liz and Justin yeah, it's wow. the Trump card in the tarot. It's a major arcana card. And um, it's astrological correspondence is Aries, as you mentioned before. Um, he's about making decisions and moving forward for the greater of all. So I think that's a nice way to look at it. And sometimes people don't like a decision, but when you take into consideration everybody, it it makes sense. And hopefully that emperor does take everybody into consideration to make his decisions and for oneself too wouldn't it be just in yeah right i mean it is a personal so it may not be the external individual although in the chart we'll be looking for the country but for all of us isn't this us taking our own personal authority to move yeah that is that as well you know When I look at this new moon in Aries, I I think this is the new moon of all new moons. I mean, it really is the the first one of the of the astrological year, you know, and and I think uh, to Liz's point, I I agree about the emperor. This is really about, you know, that the, the empowerment, the empowerment. We look at that zero degrees Aries is really the the um the energy of the whole constellation of power and energy and fire. And this is really that the emperor really exemplifies that. Yeah. A couple of keywords. Thank you both. I do appreciate it. It says that, that we're, this role is also being a rock for others that we have a role of being a teacher or a mentor. So there's some real authority connected with it that I 
with Aries, it's like our leadership ahead for ourselves really will matter. So the numerology, the date, Liz, you realized that it added up to four. And I have it spelled out here. That's two plus one plus three for the month, the date in the month, and then the year, 2023. And there it is for those folks on YouTube. Right. And the number four is also um, the emperor's Trump number. So that just was a coincidence. And the four is about building um, its foundation, um, you know, being strong and working, putting in hard work. Yeah. Can I, can I add on to that? Yes, of course. (laughs) Yeah, I I totally agree with her. And, you know, I was thinking conceptually, you know, whenever you start a new project, you need to design it. You need a good foundation, a good structure. And I think that's kind of where we're at here at the, at the beginning of this whole thing. We're starting out with a really good structural foundation here, you know, in vibrational astrology, which will be next week. I come, I, I'm realizing because they have through thousands, uh, they focus very clearly, like what's it telling them? And four, the harmonica four or the square, which I relate it to, and that's why I'm bringing it up, is action and motivation and drive, which also correlates entirely with Aries and, you know, to and the building process. So it's exciting. Well, and I would say that this uh, new moon being just hours from when um, the sun ingressed into Aries for the spring equinox here in the northern hemisphere and autumn equinox in the southern hemisphere, um, it's it makes this new moon even that much more powerful. So it kind of backs up what Justin said, that this is like a new moon of all times, so to speak. I love it. Yes, I'm glad and- can I mm-hmm. can I add something onto that? And I, I you just reminded me of something of something, Liz. That you know when you talk about this, this is probably one of the more powerful Aries new moons in the past twelve years because Jupiter's there as well in Aries, mm. and so Jupiter will will really intensify this Aries new moon probably more than any we've had in the last twelve years. You know. Reminding me that Chiron, too, with its eight-year transit, is also in Aries. And in fact, I think Jupiter and Chiron are a bit close. I know Aries is, I mean, Jupiter is going pretty quickly through this particular um, sign of Aries. In May, it goes into Taurus. But Chiron will stay until 2026. And that's always a matter of using our identity. So I agree. I am so glad to get both this insight, just nailing this whole importance, like let's listen up, let's dig down, let's experience. It is at zero degrees, Aries, and I have 50 here because some say, but then others are 49. It's right about the hat. And it is at 1.23 p.m. on Eastern Daylight Time. That would be at 10 23 a.m. Pacific, of course. Yes, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and we'll look at the chart in a moment, but just visually, there's ways of looking at it. So all the planets are above the horizon. That's the upper hemisphere. So that's with other people. There's that interaction. This is for the Eastern chart. That's why it has 123. And the pattern, which Mark Edmund Jones, an older astrologer of 
long deceased, made these, I think, seven patterns, five to seven patterns. This is bowl-shaped bowl where it's half of the chart. And all the planets seem to be, well, the major planets are coagulated, I might say, if that's proper to say, but in that position. And it shows here that the lead planet is Pluto because it goes in the primary direction. Again, more astrology where that is as the Earth spins. So it's clockwise. And the caboose is Mars. And these planets are going to ingress later. We'll talk about them. So there's a chart. Well, and I wanted to make a comment about um, the planets being above the horizon in this chart. Um, you know, it has several indications, but it's like bringing things to the surface. It's, you know, for a small one, it's just like go, you know, movement forward. Um, like if you were like researching something, you're going to find the information you need. Um, if you're keeping secrets, they could come to the surface. So it kind of works both ways. It's that polarity there, but um, you know, like things are going to be known. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with, with, with both of you on this and Liz, I would, you might me remind me that, that this is, um, it's also very outward facing and objective. It's objective versus a subject of the chart. It's everything's above board and, and those answers we seek are in, are in the outer world objectivity. What, comes to my mind listening to you both is the fact that, okay if the lead planet is pluto and both of these planets are soon in march on the 23rd and 25th changing to the next sign and of course mars has been in its sign for seven months and gemini is going to a water sign cancer and pluto is long anticipated aquarius for a couple of months and the next year stays in aquarius for 20 years which is monumental change, meaning that right now, here we have the transformational planet, Pluto, addressing us with others in the seventh house for the nation. And Mars, which is more the personal planet, which is also in a house of the 12th house, which is involving the greater forces that aren't, we need to work with other forces beyond ourselves. So when you bring out secrets, of course, Pluto is great at that. It's underground. It's the hidden realms of the unseen and the regenerated. It's very powerful. You're right. This is really a signature of the of this Aries new moon to say, hey, things are coming, happening. Get ready For, on a personal basis. Listen to others. Listen to yourself. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, with those ingressing two and four days after um, Pluto and Mars ingressing into new signs is two days after the um, new moon in the spring equinox. I mean, that even adds that much more power to the new moon oh. in, in the equinox. So it's like we're in powerful times for sure. Yes. Sabian symbols. You both are excellent at understanding these and they're fascinating and for those that are unaware and I hope increasingly more it here's there is Dane Ruchar's astrological mandala the cycle of transformations and it's 360 symbolic phases and I have the link here that you can go online otherwise buy it astrology university is now republishing and it's on Amazon so you can all have a copy 
And what are they? They were created by the clairvoyant Elsie Wheeler in 1925 with the astrologer Mark Edmund Jones, who also did the patterns, one of the older recent astrologers, because astrology goes back 5,500 years as far as a lot of current information. Current, I mean, since civilization when it's documented. And it's an imagery, metaphors, spiritual essence for each of the 360 degrees. So here we are. Here's our first chart for the, our only chart for the new moon thank you folks help me get out of this into this yes and that shows where the ascendant is at 20 cancer we're going to be talking about those symbols and then it shows the new moon where they're at and they're really close to the midheaven so we're going to be talking about those symbols here too so oh thank you liz that is exactly what i needed to know and interestingly on this for those that are seeing it the new moon at zero degrees, Aries, 49 minutes, which for the nation is going to be in the ninth house, is opposite series. So anyway, hmm. uh, yeah, healing process. Here we go. Here are our Sabians. And with Sabians, I did not mention, which is always necessary, there's a spectrum of the one prior the actual degree, and the Sabian's actually the rounded off one. And there's ways of looking at it. Linda Hill in Australia says that there's the karmic, which is prior. That's kind of building in what platform it may have been. The present degree of what we're experiencing. And then the quest of where it's going or the Sabian. Anyway, there's different ways of interpreting it. But we are looking at a pattern. So... So we'll start with Cancer 19. So this would be the pastor leading up to a priest performing a marriage ceremony. And the keynote is the ritualization of productive interpersonal relationships. And the key word is sanction. Perhaps we should discuss this for a moment before we go on. So what is this really looking at? It looks like a lot of, to me, just immediately where there is, san well, it's sanctioned. In other words, there's a a, a, a broad agreement in the culture that yes, this is the process and that it's, this is a methodology. Is, would you both, how would you look at this, both of you? Well, the, the word relationships jumps out at me. And later on when we're talking about some other things, I'll make that more clear. And um, vows came to me of our promises we make or vows or, to anything, it doesn't have to be a marriage partner. It could be, you know, to our children, or I'm going to go to university and get a degree. Um, a promise or a vow is anything to me. So, okay, well then, and oh, I'm sorry. No, you were you asked uh, what we thought. Can I say just like oh, just, just roll? Yeah, I'm <laughs> okay. No yeah, no, I wanted to agree with her. You know, that was the first thing that jumped out with me was relationship. Well, what also jumped out with me was um was which i'll tell a little bit more about later but there's even though we see this as a fire moon elementally there's a lot of water involved in what's going on right now in the chart and uh being a cancer uh you know there's there's this thing about um 
our emotions as we as we move into this new period this almost feels like a, a, a an adjustment with one's emotions in a relationship with one's emotions here um with these with this ascendant and cancer yes so the degree itself 20 degrees which happens to be without any minutes interestingly for the reminding people for the eastern chart at the uh, of the united states and would be canada too their capital is in that time zone venetian gondoliers giving a serenade and the keynote is happiness as an overtone of social integrating and conformity to custom and the key word is festivity which reminds me personally of the polarity point of capricorn because capricorn there's this golden idea, golden age in the mythology when the rules were uh, understood by all and therefore it had this order that was harmonious in life. And here on an emotional private basis for cancer, as you're both commenting, there's still this joy of, of intermingling where because singing is something that's very exterior. Everybody hears it. So it does give a good basis, a good grounding basis, I would think. So that's where we're at. Where are we going? What's happening next? Justin, you want to? Uh, yeah, Cancer 21 is a, a famous singer is proving her virtuosity during an operatic performance. And the keynote is the emotional reward accompanying cultural excellence, keyword, the price of success. And so I would just say before, for you and Liz jump in here that that just really what jumps out to me that you know as we're moving into this new moon the ascended is telling me that that there's something to pay attention to about relate productive relationships our happiness and our expectations emotionally about this new period that that's what I get out of this what do you what do you think Liz well I they both you know are about music or singing and happiness and joy jumps out at me and just getting out of the routine moment and whether it's to sing or dance or listen to some music, you know, it's like enjoy life a little bit. <laughs> right. I like this. Let's go on to, uh, it's excellent because the price of success, it's interesting, but here it's indicating that that word is going to have um, benefits, uh, benefits for ourselves personally. I mean, cancer is very personal. You know, the process may be involved, but yet it will respond. It will support us. And that's what cancer wants too. We all have a moon and we all need to have it be um, supported, you know. So let's, next in this analytical review we go from the ascendant which is how we interact on a personal basis with the world around us to the mc which is in that top of the chart which involves how our we go with the the larger picture of life meaning how we accomplish our accomplishments too it's not just our career but what makes us have our accomplishments and how we're seen in the MC meet also means mid heaven for those that don't know. Right. 
and so and and with this MC, we're basically still talking. We're really introducing the sun and moon here too, because it's really right there. So it's all together this time. It is, and so it was a little bit difficult because the sun moon is at zero degrees. The MC is two degrees. So if we're going to go ahead or backwards, rather. It, it's going to be the last degree of Pisces because in the Sabians, that's how it is. So we're going right. to start off with the, so it's all conjunct and it is mold. So with Pisces 30 degrees, a majestic rock formation resembling a face, which personally, when I look at rocks, I do see that. I love it. Is idealized by a boy who takes it as his ideal of greatness. And as he grows up, begins to look like it. Isn't that what we do? Imagery, everything in our mind and our hearts, we begin to emulate. So the keynote is the power of clearly visualized ideals to mold the life of the visualizer. And it's archetypalization, which I think Edmund Jones kind of made up, but I like it. It's a good word. So you take that archetype, which is everything that life is in some broad terms of how it relates to people. And it's a visualized ideal. It's exactly what it is, whether it's going to be our parent or whether it's the God parent or whoever it is. So that's sort of the root. Do you want to go, Liz, into Aries 1, which would be prior to the MC and after the moon? We're sure. Kind of moving along. I want to say, you know, we're covering four Sabian symbols here, but to me, they all blend together. That so that's another reason to do them together. Um, and I wanted to make a comment about the Pisces thirty. That oftentimes people will have pets, and people will say, "Oh, you look like your pet," or the pet looks like huh. you. <laughs> but also of seeing symbols and things, because like sometimes I've looked at a mountain and seen a shape or we can look at a tree or a cloud and say oh that looks like an eagle or it, that looks like a wing or whatever so um on to aries one a woman just risen from the sea a seal is embracing her the keynote is emergency of um, i think it's supposed to be emergence of new forms and of the potentiality of consciousness the key word is impulse to be so it's like, to me, that's like this breath of new life and new fresh air. Ooh, isn't that powerful? Because that's really keynote here. That would be the sun, moon itself. And that's what's coming out of this ability from the ninth house going into the 10th of going like, okay, we're emerging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to go into oh. the Aries too? Yes, yes, yes. And I will. And I, I guess as the slides go, I show again, here is where these are located. You can see once again, that the new moon is just before for the Nat for the East Coast, where it represents this it, it's at, at the MC. So there you go. And then we'll start a break. But let's finish this up. Go ahead. Yeah, the Aries 2 is a comedian reveals human nature is the capacity to look objectively at oneself and at others. So it's the objectification of consciousness. So again, I think this kind of, again, goes back to what we we're talking about this chart. Everything's above the horizon. It's an objective chart. Um, you know, we look, we can look to other people to give us an objective view of who we are at this time and, and what we're starting as far as new things. You know what I like, too, is that this is all relationships. Aries is in that axis with 
the seventh, of course, of Libra. And it's always about self and how I interact. So it's all a natural blend. And that's what it's speaking of. But a comedian, that drives right back to the ascendant, which is joyful. Because a comedian isn't just to make us laugh, but it's also to present what are we not looking at in a way that's outside the box, you know, but, and it brings up a, I mean, it's so true. We have the trickster in every fashion. So life here is going to be showing us what we really need to look at. Why don't Justin, you want to go ahead with Aries three and then Liz can comment and then we'll have. Our sure. Time. The, the Aries three is the camera, uh, um, cameo profile of a man suggesting the shape of his country basically this sustaining power of the whole as an individual identifies themselves with its life it's it's a participation and a greater life so i would i just want to say one thing that it seems like we're all talking about the same thing here the 30 degrees is about i want to visualize about what i what i see myself to be and the aries one says okay this is who i'm going to be and then aries three comes along and says okay i need to have some uh, objective view about who i am here and then aries three comes back to almost the the pisces 30 degrees about this is this is who i see myself as i am that and that's kind of what it seems like I'm seeing out of these four. I'm just curious what you two think. Mm, I love it. Liz? Well, the two of them comment about a shape of something and then it coming into your life. And then the comedian, it's like having laughter. And there was song in the Ascendant one. So it's like joy, fullness, and happiness is important too. So it's like, you know, have a vision and then make sure that you allow some time for fun and joy in your life. Yeah, what I love is the fact that change can, is eminent. Life is evolving. Energy never destroyed, it's always recreating. It can bring up fear in people. And one of these great comments, commentaries is take stock, have faith, work with the process, make those little changes visualize and act. It's so Aries. Okay, we'll be back. I'm with Elizabeth Mouchette and Justin Crockett-Elsie, archetypal symbols. I'm Sue Rose Minahan with Talk Cosmos. See you in a moment. Thank you. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Pisces, ruled modernly by Neptune and by Jupiter in traditional astrology of the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on the equality of all humans and brilliancy, Pisces concludes the 12 signs that energetically encompass the entirety of the universe where humans have no control. As a mutable water sign, represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions of the forces of life, we experience in Pisces the collective unconscious energy of the unknown. Intuitive, psychic Pisces completes the seed cycle, initiated with Aries' willful separation from the Piscean womb. 
This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, March 19th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me, and talk with your animals or human loved ones on this side or the other, and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. Hope you can join us and plan to call in with your questions for either one of us or for a free reading with Natasha on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. Always at the half hour... And thank you for everybody. Remember to sign up and get your newsletter. There's extra goodies about events happening and great to keep in touch. So looking forward, Justin, do you have any immediate or ahead uh, conference or classes that you're involved with on any dimension? Because I know you do more than just astrology. No, just just regular readings. That's all. Just regular okay. consultation. And I know that you're deep in a class series involving yoga, which you'll right. be adding as your uh, uh, counseling, everything. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Let's see. Oh, there is a virtual healing retreat. How about that? You want to bring that up? That you're with Marie, I think, on April on the equinox. Right. There is a. It's me and some other astrologers that are doing absolutely. A virtual, Tell virtual us about it. Retreat with uh, Marie Marie uh, O'Neill, and uh, so there'll be uh, Ray Sap is one of those, and Sean Kelly. But what's and, it about? Just well, it's us. it's yeah, it's about a, uh, using astrology for healing. And so um, each and of those, every day, I think every it's for day, every, every day, yep, with a with a direction towards healing. So um, each of the presenters will be presenting some, some, and I'll be talking about the working with the moon each month, um, and it's different. Um, phases but also it's different signs and Good. that's what we're going to walk through this moon in each of the signs and what dates it. are they going to be i know it's from 20th Eastern time. Mm-hmm. it's going to be the 20th and the 20 uh um, 21st i believe it is right. yeah the day before and the the day and the day after of the equinox and it's in the evenings from four to seven um, yep. pacific time because it is on my newsletters for those that get it and it's all you can go to marie's Padma Life Coaching is supporting this. I mean, she's presenting it. So you can go to that or reach out to Justin and ask him about it because there is a registrant link. It'll be very exciting. I'm looking forward. I'm going to listen to it. So thank you. That's good. Liz, what have you, what is on your table? Well, I'm working on some things behind the scene because 
I've had some family things to deal with, so it's kind of um, moved me off track a little bit, but I'm, I'm working on starting to see if I can't get some classes going um, once a month on Zoom um, for the astrology of the month ahead. I bet a lot of people are in the same boat as we are. We've been tying together so many factors. I think, Liz, you mentioned to me just in our own conversation, which, of course, all three of us talk, that besides the fact that Mars has been in Gemini for seven months, which when it's retrograde is the factor which really makes it intense as an energy, because usually it moves right through very quickly, five degrees a minute, I think, a day. I mean, five degrees a day, I believe, is what it does, whereas it can go at half a degree a day. It might even be faster than that normally. So it's two months, but here it's been seven months. And that is one of the subjects we're bringing up in this second half are some of the powerful transits that are where the planets are ingressing. That's the word astrologically when they move into the next sign. And what I'm getting at is the fact that having the outer planets at 28, 29 degrees, which has been Saturn and Pluto is intense. So people are going to be prepared and welcoming these new opportunities that Justin, you're doing with Marie for the virtual healing retreat on everyday astrology. And for you, Liz, that are, is coming up with, what gifts you have. So I'm always glad to bring that up the half hour. And for Talk Cosmos, do check in next week because we have good vibrations. It's new, it's seasonal. It's with Linda Berry, a master vibrational astrology, a new technique that David Cochran began and just finished his fourth, I think his fourth conference last week. And it's very dynamic and it utilizes great insights, and it is going to be on a seasonal, so it'll be for the next half year energy. So, okay, I think we talked about this, and you know the word that I didn't bring up that I love was your word, Liz, trailblazer. Well, yeah, I think of Aries energy as trailblazer energy. It's like go explore or try things and see which ones stick and, you know, get, get outside that box a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, when I look at Ceres, that's C-E-R-E-S, the dwarf planet, a goddess who spent more time on earth. She's not out in the past Neptune, but she's in between in the Kuiper belt, I believe. And in the mythologies was on earth. And it is our grief, yet when we find how to transform that grief into a gift that we can give to others, it's powerful. And that's part of this process. It's, and it's in Libra at that moment, zero degrees. So that's one thought. And I'm going to mute myself. I think my neighbor is doing work on there. I hope it's not trans. <laughs> And it's super powerful being opposite this, the new moon um, at this time. Um, and the new moon being in Aries, it's uh, the relationship with ourself and Ceres being in Libra, relationship with others. Um, so I would say, you know, there's an adjustment or take a look at 
how you do relationships with yourself and even others for that matter. And um, is there some work that is required or um, upgrade it, let a relationship go, even with ourselves, different habits of how we relate to ourselves? Is it time to let a certain thing go? We can't hear you, Sue. Just, thank you. Justin, I know you wanted to bring up the lunar mansion, <laughs> the chakras. Yeah, so for those new to astrology, that um, you know, we always see that just because uh, two Aries don't act alike. And so realizing that the, each of the zodiac signs is actually um, broken down into four sections. And uh, in the in the Vedic chart or in the Jyotish astrology, they're what's they're what's called the nashatras, or in Western astrology we also call them lunar mansions. So this is where we dive in deeper to the Aries energy and see well what what degree of Aries is this, and what nashatra does this fall into? And the chakras are lunar mansions are those constellations on beyond or on the uh, behind the stars there and so in this particular one in the um jyotish nashatra this this moon is falling into the first degree uh actually in because it is in jyotish there is a somewhat of an adjustment so this is a pisces moon but it still has a relationship here this is the same nashatra for the aries moon here and it's to the uttara bahadrapada and the pot of one and it actually relates to what it tells us about this this new moon is this brings in this energy of the rains um, and when I mean rain, I mean R-A-I-N-S. This is associated with the rain that comes in. You know, we get these spring, right? We always say the spring rains come in and it's the rains that feed the plants, you know, as uh, I forget the term, you know, um, April showers bring something, May flowers or something of that. But this is the nashakra that is associated with water and with with the rains that help and come in and grow. Um, so that's just to tell you a little bit about what this nashakra is. If this was a person of personality, it does relate to, um, because this is this first pot up, or actually this this first pot of here is ruled by Leo. Um, so there is something about um uh as we start new projects and and success and prosperity and fulfillment so it's a very auspicious um uh uh here what i love the fact that it bridges again this water theme this from the past as you say and the moon was our first memory our first mind you could say in many ancient mythologies mercury is close to the sun but the moon being close to earth and there's blends nothing is black and white and particularly with saturn moving which has now as we talk since the seventh moved into pisces that's the greater forces than ourselves such as the ocean it isn't black and white Yes, I'm glad to. And it also gives that idea of the emotionality that you spoke with at the very beginning, you know, to tie together this picture. I mean, it is the cancer rising in the chart, but it's also with the new moon, it's implementing 
that energy too. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely an undercurrent of of water emotions that is is begging us to pay attention to it in the chart, you know. And I think you you and Liz are going to talk about the Mars coming into Cancer right next. Well, and I wanted to mention that Neptune is in Pisces in a water sign and the south node of the moon is in Scorpio water sign. So there's, you know, a certain amount of water energy happening now. And, you know, Sue had a, a picture of um, some little waves there, but, you know, can water be smooth as a glass or can it be frozen or steam or boiling or a gentle river or a fast moving river? It's like our emotional nature can be any of those. And I love the fact that water holds oxygen, H2, that's helium, two helium atoms, and one oxygen atom, air. Air mm -hmm. has oxygen. We need oxygen. The plants take in the carbon dioxide and give out oxygen. And we need that balance or we wouldn't be alive with water <laughs> or air. So it's so symbiotic. And then to learn that water is always evaporating into air there's this there's this homeostasis stasis and i know this is scientific but it still just shows the concrete <coughs> because even ice begins to evaporate and when there's too much depending on the temperature and the air of course the rain comes down and it recycles so it's this tremendous relationship so as we are leaving the earth, it all relates. And that's part of Pisces too, yes? We're all one. It all relates. It's, it's not distinguished. It's recognizing its intelligence for what it is. And I think that's so Aquarian. We're a group, but yet each person, just as our group here, offers such great ability that it makes a teamwork. Well, we have Saturn... Liz? Well, Mars um, ingresses two days after into Cancer, the water sign after the new moon. So um, March is pretty active month with, you know, so many planets ingressing into new signs um, along with the equinox and the new moon. I mean, it's, yep. and there's all the other astrological happenings too that we're just touching on a few of them. I was thinking about Mars, that the fact that it tells our stories with cancer. Cancer is the sign after Gemini. And so it uses these words and we can make new stories. Saturn and Pisces, as taking some notes from what you both spoke of, is that it is more of the spiritual and it's beneficial to the group. It's going to really, and it's going to push us to do something greater because Pisces sacrifices. It's not about the self. It's going to be quite a trick learning how to do what we want in our sense of compassion and yet still be true to ourself. It's going to have, and can we can't fix everything. That's a polarity point. I think no. that's going to be a great wisdom. To really you know, I was, I was just uh, talking with somebody earlier. I was, we were doing a meditation on Saturn and Pisces and, and, and one of the things I really realized that Saturn and Pisces, one of the themes is going to be is about uh, mental health and psychological health of individuals. Cause we know Pisces rules the 12th house of the subconscious. And then with Saturn coming in there, that planet of, well, here, pay attention to this, you know, that planet of karma, discipline, and limitations, that it's going to highlight 
um, things that we need to heal as far as Pisces goes, whether it's the subconscious or mental health or our creativity, certain, you know, so there's definitely a bunch of themes there that are going to come out that people are going to hear about over the next, uh, couple, you know, two to three years about this. I really appreciate that thought. Often when I see the news, I realize that they are stress-induced illnesses. Both bipolar is a stress-induced, where a person doesn't have the lithium in their body to operate. For whatever reason, it's not there, and they don't have that ability to go from the lower state or the higher state, which we all experience, but they get stuck in one and it just keeps going off the charts until something extreme happens. So often we need to really look at the mental health and look at it as a medicinal factor and, and also so many ways that to improve our society. Uh Well, and Saturn moving to its um, two signs that, it traditionally rules um, Capricorn and Aquarius to Pisces, a water sign. It's a quite different energy. And, you know, we want to have boundaries because, but then in Pisces, I think it's going to like stretch us to like see the potential beyond those boundaries or are those boundaries that are so tight necessary? Yeah. Pluto on now Saturn has already ingress. So we're experiencing it and it's not going back to Aquarius. So it's going to stay there until 2026. I think just at the end for several months, of course, it goes forward to Aries and then goes back, but that's years ahead. So we're in Saturn and Pisces now. And as you said, Liz, Neptune is there. So, and of course we have the South node until July, meaning we have time to uncover many deep parts about ourselves. The light will shine because Pluto uh-huh. is going to enter Aquarius, an air sign. It's dramatically changing us for a few months. Just well, and Pluto is moves. also opposite the nodes right are right um, on the new moon chart too. They're very closely in square, making a a T-square, so it's like some adjustment, more energy to make adjustment. About, and that means with the nodes, about our resources, yes, about our personal resources with how we exchange with others and good time to get into music, I think. And and Pluto, oh, go ahead, Liz, I'm sorry. The North Node being in Taurus, that's kind of the sign of money, resources and Scorpio others resources and that bank that they just took down in two days and closed. I mean, and Pluto is like exposing what wasn't to the surface. So, I mean, that might be one indication of that type of thing. Yeah. It's still in the end of the, the Capricorn there. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think about, I was just looking today uh, at the uh, hearing and about uh, on April 3rd, they're going to announce the next astronauts going out on Artemis 2, which is the next the next lunar mission. And that's actually so representative of Pluto and Aquarius. And, and you know, Pluto moving into an air sign, which deals with travel and communications. We're saying Artemis 2, which will take place in May 2024. And then 
Uh, we've got Meta coming out and saying, you know, we've got at least Meta and another company coming out that they're going to have some, um, uh, uh, a um, how you want to say, a competitor to Twitter. And so this is what we're going to see major changes in communications and, and across the Internet, you know, with, with Pluto moving into Aquarius, space travel and communications are going to definitely change a lot in the next eight years. Well, with Mars in Cancer, people will start taking sides. This is my tribe. I want this. I want that <laughs> versus each other, <laughs> I think. But isn't this amazing? Going back to our pattern, here we have the bowl shapes on the top half of the chart. And it is leading with Pluto over there on the 7th because it's going clockwise, which is the primary motion as the Earth spins, and with Mars behind it. But these are both rulers of Scorpio of our south node. And of, of our, where we've come from, which is an 18-month pattern. And this is, as we've sent Scorpio's many, all these signs are typically are so many things. And it is resources and it is how we exchange them. But it's also the occult. It's the changes. It's life. It's the phase between life and death of the regeneration of the spiritual continuity of life so revealing things it really gives an opportunity for us to begin looking at things on deep terms of our values i just read an article that some scientists have figured out how to make electricity out of thin air it huh. didn't have any details but if that's true i see that we'll have different ways to energize our homes our cars everything yeah well i've yeah. often thought if you take anything that's a change there's energy behind it and the temperature every single day drops at least 20 sometimes 30 degrees i'm not sure quite at the equator what it does but around the rest of the globe if you notice the nights are always 20 to 30 degrees less there must be a way to mobilize that energy. So perhaps that's what they're talking about out of thin air. In other words, nothing is void. There's energies everywhere. It's just how do we connect and collect? Yeah. Well, I know that they would like to harness the energy off of uh, lightning bolts and that, but you know, I don't, I've never, I haven't heard anything for a long time about that. So yeah. Pluto and Aquarius. But, you know, <laughs> back to the new moon, you know, I just see this as a really great period of new, starting new new things, especially this time of year, you know, spring equinox and an Aries new moon I with Jupiter it. supporting it. Yes. Yes. In the same sign. Absolutely. It is 16 degrees at this point which I just listened to Maurice Fernandez talk at the Washington State Astrological Club, which both Liz and I are members of I am on too. the board. Yes, and so I'm is Justin. I am so right. That's right. We all three are, although I live so far away. And just to mention, too, from that standpoint, that if you want to be on the board to contact uh, WASA because Liz and I have other things and we need to move on for next year but it's a wonderful opportunity so back to zero degrees and the sun is always close to the planet when it ingresses so it's at 16 degrees well it's been marvelous however that talks is that the science science we're moving into ways of 
relating things differently. I'm so glad we're connecting. And do your new moon rituals with this powerful new moon, whether mm. it's affirmations or a vision board, whatever it could be, do something that's important. Yes, that's right. <laughs> be with us for next month too will be phenomenal. Thank you, Justin and Liz. And blessings to all. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.